Hi everyone, and welcome to That Cartoon Podcast. My name is Kyle. And I'm Tej. Long ago, in the distant time of 2001, Warner Brothers, the shape-shifting master of darkness, unleashed an unspeakably good series about a valiant samurai warrior wielding a magic sword who stepped forth to oppose evil. Before the finale was made, they tore open a portal in time and flung the final season into the future, where their evil is law. Now we fools had to await their return to undo the future that is Aku. Twelve years had passed, but we did not forget. Time had lost its effect on us. Yet the suffering continued. Cancelled film revivals and fake clickbait reboots choked the past, present, and future. Hope was lost. But then, on March 11, 2017, we finally got back, back to the past, Samurai Jack. If you couldn't tell from the intro, today we're talking about one of my favorite series that ever was, and in my opinion, one of the most successful revivals, even if I have, you know, strong feelings about how it ended, Samurai Jack. I'm a short overview of the series for anyone that hasn't seen it. The series follows Jack, uh, a, a prince from feudal Japan who, following the reemergence uh, of the supernatural horror, Aku, is sent around the world to train with various masters in hopes that he can return home and free his people. Unfortunately, during this battle, um, he's transported into the far distant future where Aku has conquered the entire world. Jack, uh, a moniker that he's adopted, not even his real name, must now scour the globe in his search for a way back to his own time in hopes of undoing the atrocities committed by Aku. This series, taking inspiration from Akira Kurosawa and Frank Miller, brings the best of both into one complete package. Each episode, while serving the overall narrative, is mostly a self-contained story. This format really gave the writers for each episode a lot of wiggle room to tell various different kinds of stories, ranging from a silly adventure where Jack tries out new footwear to a, a melancholy noir piece involving a retired robot assassin and his dog. A little bit of a fun fact for anyone who's uh, who's interested, this show had a really, really catchy theme song, which I think anyone who watched it was just stuck in your head, even though it was, there's barely anything in it. I mean, the song is very, very lackluster as far as lyrics go. It's just gotta get back, back to the past samurai, Jack. Gotta get back. Yeah. <laughs> Composed by Will I Am. Wow. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but Will I Am was just all all up in Cartoon Network back in the day, and I love that. Um, he also did a couple of a uh, couple of short like musical pieces for uh, another one of uh, Gendy Tartakovsky's shows, Dexter's Laboratory. I don't know if you ever heard that rap, um, the Secret Formula rap. I think it was called or something. Oh, that was Will I Am. I'm almost positive that was Will I Am. Um, nice. Yeah, he's just everywhere, and this was like 
pre pre blow up Will I Am before he got super super famous because this show came out in two thousand one. Um, it consists of sixty two episodes over five seasons. Um, originally running from August tenth two thousand one to September twenty fifth of two thousand four, and then it came back for its final season, a little over twelve years later, um, March eleventh twenty seventeen, ending on March or sorry May twentieth of twenty seventeen. Um, it was the brainchild of Gendy Tartakovsky, who is also known for uh, Dexter's Laboratory. Star Wars Clone Wars, not to be confused with Star Wars The Clone Wars, completely different series, um, Symbiotic Titan, and Primal. It ran on Cartoon Network originally, and then for its revival, running on Adult Swim. Voice actors, I mean, there's a lot, because I almost every episode, Jack meets like five new people. Um, yeah, you can't, you can't really do the uh, voice actors other than jack or a coup i feel like those yeah. are the two constants throughout the series that's it yeah there's two i mean they're they're the two main characters even though aku is the main villain villain i mean to some degree he's the deuteronomist too um he's he, he might as well be right up there with samurai jack there's no other character that has that is in more episodes other than jack as aku um jack played uh by voice actor phil lamar who was also known from his Mad TV days. Um, some of his selected works that we thought people might recognize was uh, Green Lantern in Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, um, Hermes Conrad in Futurama, um, obviously Samurai Jack, but he was also Static Shock in Static Shock, and uh, Wilt from Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. That is an amazing repertoire that he has there that that's like hit after hit of character i i love every character that he's ever been i think and and they're all just <laughs> they're all somewhat kind of different i mean hermes conrad is all the way different but they're all just kind of different enough but like when you think about it you're like yeah no that definitely is phil lamar and all those doing all those voices yeah yeah for sure stag shock wilt definitely oh and john stewart that's definitely the same voice yeah all, yeah. all—they're all just Samurai Jack, just in, in different fonts. Yeah, <laughs> and Samurai Jack does have a little bit of an accent. Yeah, yes and no. I—it's—it's it's weird because he does have an accent, but it's not like Phil Lamar's trying to be a Japanese man. Yeah, I don't, it's hard to pin down what the accent is, but he has an accent. Yeah, of sorts. N- nobody else has an accent because there are other japanese inspired characters like the the emperor has a japanese accent jack's father his mom i don't even know i don't think she ever has a speaking role if i remember aku who is played by a japanese voice actor but he has an accent but like jack i mean i guess it's supposed to be a japanese accent i don't know it's it's difficult to say i would say he doesn't really have an accent but he also doesn't talk like anybody else in the show at all yeah valid for yeah. sure um aku is actually played by two voice actors uh originally he was played by iwa i'm sorry iwamatsu makoto who is just known professionally in the industry as uh mako um he has an extensive filmography um but the relevant works that we po- kind of picked for this um, include Uncle Iroh in the first and second seasons of Avatar The Last Airbender. 
um, posthumously as Master Splinter in 27, 2007's uh, TMNT. Um, he was the narrator in certain episodes of Dexter's Laboratory and the, uh, the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. Um, and he also played Happy Cat slash Achu in Duck Dodgers, which is a parody of Aku. Um, sadly, uh, Mako, he, he passed away in 2006 from esophageal cancer. Um, his role of Aku was taken over by American voice actor uh, Greg Baldwin. Um, Greg also took over his role as Uncle Iroh in Avatar The Last Airbender and its sequel series, The Legend of Korra. Um, and you might also recognize him from the Clone Wars, uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars series, as well as his current ongoing series called uh, The Ghost and Molly McGee, um, which I haven't seen. I think it's on Disney+, Plus, and I think it's more geared towards young children, so I probably won't, won't check it out. No offense, Greg. <laughs> um, I don't know this 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 show. Before we get, I mean, too deep into it, like this was one of the biggest hits I think of Cartoon Network back in the day. Um, and it's he like Samurai Jack was just everywhere. Like there's there's a bunch of video games, online games when that was still a thing on Cartoon Network's website. Oh yeah, the the flash games were crazy. I love the, the they would take you through each of the trainings that yeah. you did. I I could never get past the jumping one where you were jumping on the like the the pillars. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. The rock yeah, pillars. That was really difficult. There were some of them that were uh, my favorite one was uh, the one where he goes to Africa and he learns to do stick fighting. Mhm. That was my favorite game to play. I would play that one all the time. Yeah, it it, it was. It, it, it's just like this. This show is great because, yeah, it's it's set in feudal. You know, the the main character is from feudal Japan. He's a samurai. Aku is like this this oni demon kind of looking design, but he goes everywhere. Like, there's an episode set in so many different countries, or I guess at least the what remains of those countries and nations after Aku takes them over. Um, so many different cultures, and it just explores so many different art styles that kind of fit into each culture. Like, I think one of my favorite episodes is still the um, the, the the one in Egypt where he has to fight all those, uh, like, Anubis monsters. You remember that episode? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's, just a, it's just a great show with a great atmosphere, and... There's not a lot of dialogue. Um, I think Aku probably speaks more than Jack ever does in the show. Yeah, Jack is supposed to be like he's just the silent strong type. Yeah. He he um so Mr. Tarkovsky, he uh he, he I think he came out even and said that he he likes to show the action. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to be spent uh spend his time filling it up with dialogue and it shows so much in every single episode. Everything is told just through what you are presented on the screen, and it doesn't it doesn't necessarily treat its audience like children. Even though there were a lot of kids watching it, it it paces it well. One, it paces it in a very adult way, where there's mm-hmm. lots of silence, there's lots of patience with it, lots of patience in building the tension, and then two, the content they deal with is not always very kid friendly in this show. As at least one of our episodes will will testify to. Yeah, it's we'll talk about it a little more when we get to when we get to the episode in just a little second. But like some of the stuff, like there are people who have gripes about like, 
well, why is he always doing so-and-so? It was like, well, because the carnage couldn't be shown on TV if they didn't do it that way. And I get it. I don't like, you know, I'm not happy about it. It's fine, but I understand completely, and I'm glad that they did it in a in this satisfactory way. Yeah, I understand why everything that dies in the series is a robot. Yeah, it's it because you can't just have him hacking. It, you can, I guess, but then you couldn't show the aftermath. Um, yeah, yeah, and you can't show that to children. No, this <laughs> this show. I mean, just one of the episode, the first episode that we're going to talk about in a second here almost the entire like mid of the episode there's almost no dialogue and the sound is just like uh what's it called foley work where they're just making like sounds of people walking around and crunching on it's snow just, that's it it's just sound and it's uh just a, because the the we'll get into it we'll get into well, it let's the, just the, yeah let's the, just dive yeah. in um so the first episode i was was your episode so why don't you take us through it uh kyle Okay, so my episode for this this one was uh, Jack and the Three Blind Archers. Uh, season 1, Episode 7, originally aired on August 20th, 2001, written by Mark Andrews and Brian Andrews. Now, this is the episode I think of every time I nostalgically remember Samurai Jack. It opens uh, on an army of robots led by a Viking with an eye patch and an arrow sticking out of him. Uh, they're marching against a singular tower when suddenly a large volley of arrows are flying loose and decimating the army until no one is left save for the Viking that was leading them. Now, it f- flashes to the present day, and the surviving Viking tells his story to anyone who will listen. He, he explains that the tower they were assaulting holds a wishing well at the top, and it will grant you your wildest dreams. It is then revealed that Jack has been drinking and listening to the Viking story the whole time. Jack approaches the man and inquires more. As the Viking reveals, they are conveniently passing by the island where the tower is located. Jack's like, say no more. (laughs) And he, he just commandeers a boat, traveling to meet whatever fate awaits him at the tower. Upon approaching the tower, Jack's sandals are pinned down with arrows and then, you know, just through a series of trial and a lot of error, he learns that the archers pinning him down are blind and reliant upon sound. Q Samurai training flashback to a quote-unquote Buddhist monk training of Jack as he learns to fight without the sense of sight. So Jack meets these archers on their own terms, eventually defeating them with a classic three-way arrow ricochet. <laughs> Which is done in just such a stylish way. It's done with three separate panels with all the arrows heading towards each other. It it looks very beautiful when it happens. Um, And so then Jack steps up to make his wish. But the dog-like archers have transformed into some long-necked bitches who reveal they were (laughs) cursed by the wishing well. They say the well will take your wish and twist it against you. So with an angry close-up, Jack does the noble thing and unsheaths his magic sword, thrusting it into the well while wishing for the well to be destroyed and never hurt another person. And then, away Jack walks in just his undies, in search of his next way home. Great episode. 
Great episode. This episode is truly a masterclass in the key concept we were talking about of show, don't tell. Uh, there's, like we said, there's so much ambient noise that, and it just builds up the tension of the story perfectly, especially since the story is literally focused on sound and learning how to, uh, how to adapt to a new opponent that literally can hear your every movement. Yeah. I think like, isn't like the first 10 minutes, like mostly just the sounds of a robot army just getting decimated and like, and that's what we're, that's what we were talking about with the carnage. Like, yeah. So the, the robot army gets decimated and there are scenes where like, if you, if they had not established that they were robots, it would look like there were lots of dead bodies laying everywhere. Yeah. Because <laughs> the innards of the... Ro- if I'm remembering this correctly, like, the innards of the robots are still red, but they, like, they bleed oil. So it, yeah. it was very, like, on the nose, like, oh, they're robots. <laughs> Which, I mean, like I said, I was always like, really? He's always going to fight robots? It, I, I understand why they did it. It kind of makes the world of future samurai jack feel like there's no real people ever because everybody's a fucking robot but i get it it's a kid's show yeah you, you have to work within certain boundaries um i think if you just think of it as there are people being killed i think it does raise the stakes a little bit for, for the story <laughs> yeah well and then the, well the problem is in the in the later season like the last season it's established that one finally jack does kill um, the people that are in, you know, the, the, the daughters of a coup that are attacking him, it's implied like those are the first people that Jack's ever actually killed. And I'm like, all right, in 50 years, man, like, really? Yeah. Really? I've killed so many robots. <laughs> really? So that, I mean, that's among a lot of my major gripes when it comes to the final season. Still a good season, still a good, you know, show, still a good close, but. I have my issues, but this this episode is really good, I think, and it's it even gets a callback later. Those those three long neck bitches show up in the fifth season, don't they? Yeah, they do. They do. Um, uh, because a lot of the people that have been helped by Jack show up. Yeah. It's a um, and they are set free. They they originally they went up and they made the wish to be the greatest warriors ever, mm-hmm. and then the the wishing well was just like, yeah, I got you, but you have to stay here and guard the tower for forever. Very monkey's paw. Very monkey's paw um, storyline there, yes. Yeah. But you know, it's a good, it's a it's an overall good episode, and I I don't I have nothing negative to say about it really. I, this is just the one I every time every time I like think back to Samurai Jack. This is the episode I remember. I remember the the ears of the archers like ding yeah. ding 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 ding. ding. <laughs> <laughs> I uh I I agree. This is definitely an episode I think back. If I'm being honest, my quintessential Samurai Jack episode was the two part special Birth of Evil, where it was like a prequel, but I felt like that was an unfair choice. That's where, like, it shows him doing his training, right? No, 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 no. That's... The Birth of Evil is where it shows how... Where Aku comes from. Like, what he originally is. It's, like, a season three episode. Um, And it also details uh, Jack's father, the Emperor's original fight with Aku. Yeah, it's, it's it's a great episode. 
but it's like it's over the top in a good way but like it 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 doesn't capture the show in a whole you know what i mean cuz a lot of these episodes are one off they don't they don't fit together really they're just their own little self-contained stories so when you have um these kind of special episodes they did it with birth of evil and then they did it with the pilot which was really a movie that, that w- was actually three episodes stitched together which yeah speaking back on carnage he gets covered in <laughs> like oil which it's it's code for he's covered in blood you know what i mean yeah yeah like that that's when they were drawing it originally in black and white yeah. and he was covered in a liquid they're like that's blood but we just have to make it look a little different yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think, I, I I think I don't have anything else to add about that episode. It's a great episode. I don't know. Do you, any other facts that you wanted to kind of pull out for that? No, no facts. I, I just, it was just an episode I wanted to revisit. Um, and I thought it really encapsulates the spirit of Samurai Jack mm-hmm. because the whole thing is he was just trying to find a way to wish his way back home. But then he was like, well, fuck. Yeah. I guess I guess this one won't work either. <laughs> um, I picked another. Se- I think we both picked season one episodes, which was weird. But um, weirdly enough, usually we do t- two episodes each, but these are longer episodes, so we picked one each. And me and Kyle ended up really picking the same episodes, which is once again not planned. It was just weird. We both wanted to do Aku's fairy tales, so it really just worked out when we decided to just do one each. Um, it did. Season one, uh, episode thirteen, originally aired in December third, two thousand one, written by uh, Chris Mitchell and Carrie Yost. Um, a much lighter hearted episode. Um, yeah, and it's an Aku sure. episode. Uh, in this episode, uh, it was the season one finale. Even though it doesn't really, it doesn't feel like a finale. Um, Aku, he he's noticed that the samurai's popularity among the masses particularly children, um, continues to grow. Um, not willing to kind of like let this slide, he gathers all the children in his palace to propagandize them um, with with these fairy tales that he's made up. And I think it's supposed to be implied that this is every child on the planet. Because there's like an establishing shot where it just shows like children to the horizon so he just gathered the world's children. Just gathered the world's and he, children. And he was like, listen to these stories that I have plagiarized. Yeah. Well, he he, he won't admit that, even though... <laughs> yeah. Like, they're all, they're all twisted retellings of various stories in which Aku has made himself uh, the hero and or he's inserted Jack as the villain. Um, the first one is, weirdly enough, like a kind of a weird retelling of Aku's like origin story. Um, where instead he is the the savior wearing like a a Greek uh, hoplite armor and it's just Aku underneath it and he looks really silly and he turns the the evil dragon monster into beef jerky for all the world to eat and rejoice. Um, the second one I think is uh, Little Red Riding Hood, but Aku is Little Red Riding Hood, and the third one is the the three bears, I believe. Um, it's, it's, it's funny because there's no real Jack in this episode. He's there, but he's a fictionalized version of himself. 
Um, it's a it's an Aku centric episode. He's running the show, and it really gives uh, Mako, who is the voice of Aku, the ability to kind of like flex his comedic chops, um, because he does. I mean, he does the voice of Aku as Little Red Riding Hood, who he has rebranded himself as Little Red Hood, and I don't know what it is, but. Aku's Little Red Riding Hood voice is just always so funny to me. Oh, grandmama. Or whatever the hell he's in. <laughs> I don't know why he talks like it's that, so but good. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah. And it, they all have great endings. Honestly, I would rather these stories than the real ones because it's like then the big bad wolf who is also Yogi Bear somehow um, tries to attack Little Red Hood, but he's like, but he didn't know she had laser eye beams. <laughs> <laughs> um, Aku keeps trying to tell these stories, and the kids are just not having it. They're just not buying it. You know, he, he's he's telling story after story, and they're like, "That's not how it would go." Or this, you know, Samurai Jack would never do that. And he's just getting angrier and angrier as the kids just keep ripping into his stories, until he finally tells a very short. Um, screaming story where he's like once there was a uh, an evil wizard or something or an all-powerful wizard and a stupid samurai and the wizard destroyed him and then he just screams the end and disappears the kids <laughs> just stay there um they decide to tell their own little story um about you know they, that they make up of jack defeating a, a like a four-armed guardian climbing a tower and defeating aku and it's like, yay, they're done. But then I was always like, how'd those kids get home? Yeah, he gathered all the children of the world and then was like, okay, call your parents. Yeah, like, did he? <laughs> did they, were they supposed to come pick him up? Like, it's it's one of those what? episodes that just doesn't, you, you wonder, like, man, what if Aku just started killing kids? <laughs> Makes you wonder. Yeah. Are these did all are all those kids dead? You ne- those none of those kids ever make an appearance again. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Every child you see after that episode, different child. The facts are there. People just don't want to see the, it. Yeah, the, their eyes refuse to open. To the god child killer Aku. Yeah. Well, <laughs> honestly, not the worst thing he's done. Um, I don't know. I, I really liked this episode because Samurai Jack is a show that doesn't take itself too seriously. It definitely has like serious episodes and serious moments, even in comedy episodes. But Aku, even though he's this crazy Cthulhu god emperor monster, he's just like a super funny guy. He is the comedic relief in this show most of the time. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to let him have the spotlight a little bit while jack kind of takes a it takes a back seat who knows what jack's doing right now just learning how to jump good and you know living his living his best life while aku's just entertaining and tormenting a bunch of children that then bully him into leaving his own palace yeah <laughs> um because like he is like an unspeak like we said an unspeakable supernatural god emperor of the earth but he like really really cares what all these stupid little kids think about him, or at least that he doesn't want them to like Jack. Um, 
And it's apparently like the only time he ever tries to do something about his 0% approval rating with the world. Um, never tries it again. Seems like he learned his lesson from these kids. They, they bullied him into never trying to be nice again. <laughs> I mean, the kids did the world a service. They did? Well, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I mean, someone has to bully a kid. Yeah, it, it's, just, it's just funny because you know that they couldn't have killed those kids. Like, that would not have fl- flown in the censors. So they were like, we just got to make the kids win. Yeah, you give them some sort of symbolic victory, even if they get left. Yeah, because I behind. I don't know if it was this season or if it was like a later season, but there is an episode where Aku's like talking to this, to these people from like another planet, and they're like, "Our planet ran out of water. Now we've come here begging you for water." And he's like, "I stole all the water from your planet," and like one of the ki- one kid, he's like, "You monster." And his dad's like, no, 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 sorry. He's just young. He doesn't understand. And Aku's like, I understand. We've all been young once. And then he, like, burns the kid alive. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you don't, do you not remember that? I don't remember yeah, that Yeah, it was such a wild thing because you were like, oh, okay, Aku's going to let him go. He just kills him in front of his dad. And you're like, oh, okay. No, Aku means business. But apparently not when billions of children from around the world are around. Yeah, he's like, okay, I won't burn billions of them. Fine. Yeah. Honest, honestly, like, I, I wish there were... There are a good bit of Aku-centric episodes, but just not enough. Not enough, really. Uh, although, you know, I think it's okay. Because he's always a looming threat kind of in the background. Even with the, uh, the three blind archers one, mm-hmm. it kind of implies that Aku is the one that poisoned the well, it feels like. Right. Because when the... When the dogs transform, a shadow leaves their body, mm-hmm. and the shadow looks a lot like Aku. Yeah, very similar to the way he kind of like slinks across the floors and shit. Yeah, so it, I think it was an implication. Maybe that well used to work, but uh, Aku has poisoned it, tainted it. Yeah, well, I mean, he has who he has been just farting around for who knows how long, conquering the world. Yeah, he's like, oh, look at this cool magic thing. I'm going to fuck with it. Yeah. But see, that's why I wanted more Aku episodes. Because every time you get just an Aku episode, it's very clear that Aku is just super bored. That is true. He's literally usually just, like, dinking around, like, in his little, like, hell chamber yeah. that he hangs out <laughs> with. And he's just, like, he's just, like, lounging. Just, oh, is anything happening with Jack? Yeah, yeah. And then like a, like a, a viewing screen opens up where Samurai Jack is doing something dumb, and he's just like, "Oh, finally!" <laughs> yeah, he woke up. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I love this episode. I mean, I think we both it, it it's very telling because there's there's better episodes I would say of this show than the ones we chose. There's definitely worse episodes. These aren't like the creme de la creme episodes. But they're good episodes, and that's what that's what I think a hallmark of a good series is that you don't have to rely on the best episodes in this in the show to have like a good discussion about them. Absolutely, I I think we could have honestly blind chosen. Oh yeah, uh, like an episode, and we would have ended up with similar results of talking about similar themes. I cannot think of any real episode that I don't like in Samurai Jack. I'm sure there is one or two can't think of any um maybe the one where he goes underwater 
mostly because I just don't remember that one that well. Yeah. So, uh, like, what I've been finding is I... So, the newest season was season five. Yeah. The one that, that came out a few uh, 12 years later. Yeah. Um, I remember that one very well. But I have struggled... I struggle with, like, season... Around season four. Mm-hmm. I don't remember much of it. And that leads me to believe that maybe I didn't watch that one on TV mm-hmm. when... So maybe, maybe I missed season four entirely, but like I don't remember any of the episodes from that. There's a lot of bangers in that season. You should go back and watch it. So like, like well, when you were rewatching these, because um, these are season one episodes, like how, yeah, how did how did it ones. feel? Did you feel like the same amount of like joy that you were got that you had when you were watching it? What Jesus, like what twenty years ago? Uh, yeah, I did. Absolutely. Uh, maybe even more so, yeah. I would say, because I have more of an appreciation for it, the show taking its time now. Mm-hmm. Because when I was young, I imagined myself being a bit more like, get to the action. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I really enjoyed how each episode really took its time to tell its story. Whether With mine, it was a more serious, tension-building story. Mm-hmm. And with, with yours, it was... They were telling a funny, a series of funny stories. Mm-hmm. Little, a, and a little, they did, they did them all well. A little bit of both, just to make sure that there was something for everybody when you would watch the show. So, what were what were your thoughts on the renewed final season, Tease? I think it's very clear, anyone who's listening up to this point, that I have issues with the final season. But my issues really start like after episode what like six or so um i loved the new the new look that they gave jack i loved the the more kind of dark dark focus where it's like yeah jack's been doing this for 50 years and he is just tired and he's sick and that episode where he's fleeing you know from the sisters of aku or not the, the the children of aku and like fighting for his life and it's just very stylized and he's he doesn't have his sword anymore and you're just you still don't know really what happened and it's just that is one of the best episodes of the of the entire series but then he just really it just he just gets better like so quickly it's only i think it's only like 10 episodes in the season and he just gets it just gets resolved very quickly and it stops being a I need to go home and, you know, right the wrongs of Aku to just like this kind of shitty cliche, like rom-com. And I just don't think that a a love sub, you know, like a a romance subplot was, was something that Samurai Jack needed, especially when you, when it ends up being irrelevant because it doesn't, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't get a happy ending anyway, which I guess is, some people might think like, oh, that's great, but I don't know. I think there's a lot of wasted potential, but it also has some of the best episodes of the series in it. I agree. Uh, I agree mostly with what you said, really. I really liked the daughters of of Aku, but I didn't like that he fell in love with one of them. No, the daughters are the daughters are cool. That's what I mean. Like they're they're cool, but then they like they're these are children that have been raised their entire lives on hate to murder samurai jack and within like three days she's like actually you know what he's pretty hot you know he's pretty yeah. hot 
I'm gonna... And they only they only set that up by being like she's the rebellious daughter. Yeah. After he after he <laughs> brutally murders her other like what eight sisters in front of her. Yeah, he like straight up murders. And they don't bring that up ever again. I don't think they just don't talk about it. Not something you talk about. It's just like hey, I know I killed your sisters, but like we're in love. Also. I get that they had to go back to the original, like, look. But I loved fucking junk samurai armor, Samurai Jack, with the fucking motorcycle and the guns. It was rad. And I feel... I feel like I was... I feel like I was kind of lied to. Because that was the proportional material, was that. Was that those images of him like that. And he very quickly lost a lot of that armor, very quickly stopped that that stopped being something that he could, you know, rely on. And it was just like, oh, come on. Yeah. I agree. I agree there, too. It would have been cool to see that real, like, Jack really embracing post-apocalyptic uh, mm-hmm. trends. <laughs> yeah. But, like I said, I still think it was a very successful renewal, and I'm glad it happened. Do you have anything, like that you really liked um in this in the final season as opposed to like something that was really shitty to you. Oh, uh, I mean the story. I really really love seeing Jack not aging and just like trapped and like because before he was trapped, but at least death might have been a release at some point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but at this point he's just like I am in limbo and I am just trapped here and and like it, it's almost like a hell that Aku couldn't have created better. There's no hell that Aku could have made better than that. Yeah, because it's he, there's no more time portals. The, Aku's destroyed them all, and uh, he lost his sword, so he can't even fight Aku anymore. So he literally can't do anything about his predicament. Yeah, so he is just left drifting aimlessly, and so I really like the. I guess it's almost a nihilistic mm-hmm. um, Jack that we get in the final season because he, because the other seasons he is driven to find a way home, but this one he's just like, what's the point? I can't die. I'm not aging. <laughs> he's, he is broken, which I mean, yeah. he's he's always like the the light, you know, the shining light in all these episodes. Everyone else doesn't know what to do, and Jack always has a plan. He always has like the wisdom except for like one episode and that one episode was all about him re like igniting the fire of what his uh, what his purpose was the the mountain episode where he's climbing the mountain um so it was just nice to see uh a character evolving yeah I, i really that was my favorite part of the whole fifth season I mean, they were able to get pretty dark with it. I loved it. Yeah, and it was on Adult Swim, so you know they got away with a lot more. Yeah, and it felt like I think that was the the real precursor to a show. Hopefully, we get we'll get to talk about down the line called uh, Primal, mm-hmm. which you did mention. I really am a big fan of. That it's a show. good. It, it is a good show. If 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 anyone is on the fence about watching Primal, um, but like you used to play Turok as a kid. And you're like, man, wouldn't it be super cool if there was just dinosaurs around with people and this wasn't about the Bible? Go watch Primal. Well, it's also, it is, it takes show, don't tell to the next level. 
Is there any dialogue? I don't. There's like almost there's no dialogue I, it, because it's a di- it's a dinosaur and a caveman. The caveman hasn't developed. Speech. Yeah, he's just grunting the whole time. Like they both just make noises yeah. and they they use body language and it's just an amazing show. It's so it's good. So good. Um, but we'll, we'll you said you don't we'll cover that yeah. when we get there. <laughs> you said you ha- you don't remember a lot of the old episodes from season four at least. Do you plan on going back and watching um, more of Samurai Jack? I am. Yeah. I am. Uh, it was almost inspirational watching it. It was like, it was very cool. Yeah. It was the things they were able to do with the amount of time they had. And like, it. no other show was doing the kind of animation that they were doing. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's uh, revolutionary. Like, <laughs> like, you can see hints of it in, um, in other shows like Dexter's Lab and also some Powerpuff Girls. Um, also shows that... Either Andy, also shows that he that he created either created or worked on Samurai Jack is just yeah. Professor Utonium with a with a katana. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like the the split screens where it's showing like three angles of things that are happening. Mm-hmm. I love that shit. I love it so much. It's it's and it's, it's good. It's good. It's um, it really holds up. That, yeah, I I recently rewatched the entire series. I want to say five months ago and mm-hmm. i think i'm just gonna do it again uh i like this show i love samurai jack and i'm just gonna do it again i love this show there's not there's no reason to not i don't know but i think we covered everything um anything you want to say in closing kyle nah i think we covered it yeah yeah grandmama's picnic basket <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. See you next time. Or not. Or not. This podcast is produced by Fran Zapata and Undercover Pod Network. Our hosts are Kyle Frazier and Teej Singh. Audio editing by Kyle Frazier. Research by Kyle Frazier, Teej Singh, and Fran Zapata. Story editing by Kyle Frazier, Teach Singh, and Fran Zapata. Make sure you subscribe if you like what we have going on and stay updated on new releases. We release a new episode every other Friday. You can find our podcast on most major platforms. Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Audible, and if you're feeling tipsy and want to help us get some nice ice-cold chocolate milk, give some love at patreon.com slash thatcartoonpodcast. Also, we'll be sending special gadgets to our patrons, from shoutouts to exclusive stickers, swag, and even some Patreon-exclusive content. See you on the next episode of That Cartoon Podcast.